Welcome to another episode of Spock Sports Show. It's a look at everything sports here in the mid-Michigan area. And now, here's your host, Chris Spockman. Welcome on into a special Halloween edition of Spock Sports Show, talking all things high school playoff football. Got Coach Gross, then Coach Mack talking with me, so let's get right into things with Coach Brad Gross from Beale City High School, talking about that big win over White Cloud and what lies ahead with Fowler and much more. One of the things I wanted to bring up last Monday, we talked about Cass City was a big physical game. It seemed like it was a great tune-up for the playoffs, and holy moly, I told Rick Smith, I said, hey, give me a few more updates tonight. You know, kind of every time somebody scores, just go ahead and give me an update. And, uh, boy, they came in rolling fast, 43-0 to zero with 137 left in the third or the first quarter. Is that is that correct? That was actually correct. I don't think I've ever been a part of something um, that, I don't want I mean, lopsided, I mean, early that often. So it's. I mean, our kids came out, played well. We were, we were, we were focused up. We we thought we were the better team, but hats off to our kids. They really came ready to play. They knew it was the playoffs, and we just we rolled early, and the ball got rolling, and things went well. Yeah, and I, I was wondering, White Cloud, their last playoff win was back in 1987, and they actually lost to you guys the game after that. Did they seem maybe a bit shell shocked? Uh, I mean, I I think they were. I think they kind of. They kind of knew what was coming, I believe. I think they, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they came to play, but you could just tell they were like after the first touchdown or whatever, it was kind of like, all right, here we go. They they kind of just got that. You could kind of get that sense from them. But, again, I mean, we played really well, and and we made some plays early. I mean, Caden Smith on the opening kickoff comes down, busts the ball loose, and then runs it in the next score. Then we scored right away, you know, and it was before you know it, I think it was two minutes, and we were up 14 nothing. so. I think it's one of you know one of those program things you and I talked about it last Monday that you know the the game with Linden that Mount Pleasant had and the game you guys had with Cass City those are teams that just expect to win. Like I said I think White Cloud not a great tradition maybe didn't expect to win. Like I said things just kind of get awry. But you know what was it like on the sideline six first quarter touchdowns? Well, it was kind of weird because I was sitting there looking. I'm looking. And we you kind of lost track of time. I looked over. I was like, it's only the first quarter. You know, you felt like it felt like it should have been the second quarter or whatever, but it just wasn't. So uh, it was just it was kind of like time was stood still almost a little bit. So, and so yeah, that, it was uh, it was it was different. How much did the starters play? Uh, we we played them most of the time because we wanted to make sure that they had plenty of uh, of uh, playing time going into it. You don't want to have a day off and then you know not ready for the next week. So. We tried to play them as, as much as possible, but they basically played the first half and the uh, first play of the second or the first series of the second half, and then we, you know, started working some different guys in. Or were there some youngsters that kind of came in and stood out to you guys in that second half? Oh, I mean, yeah, we had a lot of. I mean, there wasn't really one. I think they all played really well. I think they were all focused, and and that's a credit to our our, our team leaders. I mean. They had guys ready to go. They were like, "Hey, no matter who we're playing, we're gonna we need to be ready." And uh, so I think that was it. Wasn't just one young guy. There was a lot of there was a lot of guys that played really well, offensively and defensively. And you guys are now ten and 420 to ninety six. When I look at things, combined scores and and what you're not. And I was thinking, you know, you guys had a lot of guys coming back last year, in particular the, the defensive backfield. You and I have talked about a couple of times, but up front, Oswald. Miles, 
sellers. Three guys, I mean, two of them are playing football at the next level. Peyton might might have been able to if he wanted to. Are you surprised how good the defensive front has been? I mean, not not really. I mean, we Ben Strauss was the other guy that was in there, and he's back. But when you have another guy coming back that is uh, who has experienced that and had that stuff, then you you expect everybody else to kind of follow suit. And, and the guys that are there now are uh, uh, doing a great job. Yep, and uh, you guys also offensively kind of switch around here. You guys have spread it a lot, spread it out quite a bit in the games I've seen, which is maybe just kind of led to a more run-pass balance than you guys have had in the past. Is that something you planned or something that's just kind of kind of been there now? Well, we kind of we kind of understand that we have a lot of really good athletes that can to get in space and getting guys like Caden Smith, like Jameson Latham, like Josh Wilson and Carter Fussman and and the list goes on and uh, getting those guys in space really works well for us. And the easiest way to get those guys in space is to, you know, get, throw the ball to them right away and let them make plays. So it's something that we figured we had to do offensively to be successful. And uh, so far it's worked out. And how beneficial do you think that can actually be going forward in the, the you know, the D8 playoffs? Well, I think it can be really beneficial. I mean, last year it was really hard in the state finals to run against a team like Hudson who, I mean, a bunch of wrestlers, I mean, they're tough. I know Rob Rubick always says it all the time. Man, them, them wrestlers are tough to run against. And then he's right, they are. So you've got to be able to throw the ball and use your athleticism and speed when you get to those poor, get to those games. So, And it's really tough to defend, too, when you can run the ball and, you know, and throw. So you got to be able to do both when it gets big time. Yeah, and you know, you were you're talking about that. I think I actually saw a post, might have been from the MHSA, that was actually comparing the – uh, football finals to the wrestling finals and, and where they fit. And it seems like particular, you know, once you're in that D1, D2, D3, there's maybe not as many guys who do the, you know, wrestling and football. But once you get down into smaller schools, you know, you mentioned uh, Hudson, Durand really good this year. I know a lot of those guys are wrestlers as well. So just really definitely helps out those teams. And now going back to uh, this past Friday, like I said, 63-16 to 16 was the final. I do this to you all the time in your guys' big wins. If you had to pick out an MVP or two or three names there, who do, who do you think you would stick with? Well, Caden Smith was our was our, probably our MVP. I mean, the, the opening kickoff, he went right down, forced a fumble, ran it in. He had a, he had a punt return for a touchdown. I mean, he, he, he kind of sparked us and got us going, so I would say he was probably our MVP. All right, all right. And Fowler. Um, what are you expecting from them? Obviously, you know, if, if people watch the selection show, they talked about this game kind of being like, you know, it could be a state semifinal. It's going to be a really good game Friday. Looking at their conference schedule, I see that they beat Pawamo, but Pawamo not quite what they were last year. Langsburg, the only team to beat them, too bad for them. They didn't even get into the playoffs with their 6-3 and three record. What do you know about the uh, Fowler? Well, I know, I know that, number one, they're traditionally a really, really good, well-coached football team. And if you watch the film, you just see you see just that they do everything very well. Um, they don't really have any glaring weaknesses or anything like that. They, they play sound football. They got athletes all over the field. They got some big guys up front. So I mean, the sixty-three to sixteen thing would be that'd be a wonderful score for us, but that's not going to happen this week. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have our hands full. Um, again, Fowler's tradition rich. They're uh, they'll come ready to play. They'll be very well coached. The kids. You know, the kids know how to win. And in the Lanesburg game, I know they're one of their best players was out, number 11. Um, All right. He, well, he was on the sideline. So, you know, they didn't have their best one of their best players for that game. Um, so, I mean, that, that loss could be a little, you know, 
from no. receiving. I'm glad you pointed that out too, because it was like I said when I was looking at their schedule, and then you go and like I said, Langsburg was six and three. They were a good team this year, but you're just kind of like, hmm, that, that that's kind of the one that you know sticks out to you. And I think you know you talked about it. They're a traditional program. Both teams are going to go into Friday night expecting to win. That's what makes great games a lot of times. What did you see from them offensively on film? Well, they do everything. Like I said, they they're, they kind of remind me of us a little bit. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball with very good success. Their quarterback puts the ball right where it needs to be all the time. He's very good at finding the guys he needs to find. So like number 11, I guess I don't even know what the kid's name is, but uh, number 11 catches everything he throws his way. But they also have other guys. 10, 10 can catch. 5 can catch. 4 can run the ball really well. Number 2 is a good running back. I mean, they have a lot of good players. So they kind of remind me of us a little bit, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a well of the ball game. Yeah, but now defensively, what are they usually in? I mean, they, they're traditionally in a forefront, and then just depending on what you're in, we'll go from there. But you'll traditionally, uh, from on tape, they'll, they'll have four down linemen. So, you know, and again, they have playmakers on defense too. So we'll have our hands full, that's for sure. Yup, and uh, it's going to be weird not being there again. We're actually going to be with the Oilers again this Friday, but I'm going to have the game up on the NFHS network. Going to be able to update constantly. Rick Smith will be in contact with me, but I'm going to say the same thing. You know, talk to Coach Mack about the same thing. And, you know, listen in, obviously. Got to promote ourselves, too. But you need everyone to be there. Beale City stands are usually packed. But this is one of those games I think you and I are going to agree. Everybody that's usually standing up along the walkway, they need to be down on the fence this week. They need to be making some noise. They need to make things difficult for that offense, don't they? Oh, they do. We need, we, the home field advantage could be one of the big things that kicks it, that kicks it our way. Um, Hopefully it is, um, and I know our our fans will be ready to go. They, you know, you have a one loss power team, and we're undefeated. It'll it'll be will be a lot of people. As long as, you know, the weather should be pretty good, so it's not going to be cold. So I'm sure people will be out, and you can't you can't get a better atmosphere on a Friday night home football game in the playoffs for two good two good teams. Yep, no, you could not. But so that was just my PSA for everybody. Everybody who's usually up on that walkway watching the game, I want I want them down on the fence. I want them loud. I want them making noise to make things difficult for that Fowler offensive line out there. Because like I said, this is this is one of those games that that crowd could literally help you get you know three four false start calls. That could be a big difference, couldn't it? Oh yeah, it could be one 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 play might be be the difference in the game. Yeah, all right, Coach Gross. Thanks so much. Takes time to chat with me, man. We'll talk again soon. Another big, big thank you to Coach Gross taking some time to chat with me. This is the Halloween edition of Spock Sports Show from the Barbary Law Firm at Mobile Sports Studios. Not live on location at the Bird. We'll be back with you there next week. So we'll be back with Coach McIntyre talking all things Mount Pleasant football and a little bit more. Listen to Spock Sports Show, Buck 92. If you've got legal questions and you don't know what to do, my attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be your stew. Hi, this is Joe Barbary. Here's a motor vehicle accident tip. If you've been injured in an auto accident, you don't have to go to Detroit to get the best legal team to represent you. Myself and my staff have been doing auto accidents in the central Michigan area for over 30 years. Most people I know don't want to drive 150 miles to meet with somebody that they've never met before. If you retain us at Barbary Law, you'll meet with an attorney face-to-face and you'll be minutes away from doing so. So keep that in mind if you're injured or, God forbid, a loved one is injured or killed in a motor vehicle accident. Contact Barbara Law and we'll take care of you. My attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be yours too. 
Welcome back to Spock Sports Show on Buck 92 and via podcast wherever you get your podcasts at MyMichiganPodcast.com. Coming to you from the Barberry Law Firm, a mobile sports studio, Spock Sports Show presented to you by the Barberry Law Firm. All right, let's get right back into things. Got a lot to get to here with Coach Mac in the locker room, and well, you're also the AD, so we're going to start off volleyball in Rockford tonight. Pretty tough matchup for them, but a big-time matchup, isn't it? Yeah, I'm super excited, and uh, unfortunately and fortunately, we're still playing football, so I've got to send kind of a, another representative down there to see what happens. Not Bubba. Is, well, I guess Bubba's no, got a coach, no. too. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a couple of different people. But, yeah, I mean, how awesome. We've had an incredible volleyball season, you know, um, and uh, we've got a chance to, you know, we got we got to play the big dogs right off the bat. Usually you see those in the regional final, quarterfinal, something like that. So we got to take care of some tough opponents right up. But I, I think our girls are definitely capable of it. And Coach Maxson's got them playing really good volleyball right now. And um, they're hoping to go down and, you know, ruin the hosts uh night you know first night of the tournament so so yeah at rockford tonight if you got a chance please make a trip down there 6 p.m um and the, if you're listening to the show now it's going on but yeah, uh, yeah yeah so it probably doesn't help but yeah no uh uh maybe find it on the nhs network right now tune on support our girls but yeah yep and rockford one of those schools 2800 strong i think it's just tough getting matched up with them he said right off the bat but you get through them, the confidence is going to be booming. You're going to, you're going to be ready to go. And kind of looking ahead a little bit to hoops, wrestling, hockey, all right around the corner. Exciting stuff here for the team. And I know you and I are going to connect, get some of those coaches on for Spock Sports Show and all that stuff. And I had Coach Wheaton with me Friday. One of the things he was talking about, I kind of want to start off as we start talking football now, the All-Valley players on the team, you know, Andrew Dennis, Cal Kowalik, you know, kind of go through those guys if you can real quick. Yeah, we, we had, obviously when you're, you know, co-champs, you, you're pretty well represented on the All-Valley team. We had uh, five first-team selections. Uh, as you mentioned, Andrew Dennis on the offensive line, Max Humphrey at linebacker, uh, Logan Brochuk at quarterback, Scooter Polk at receiver, and Aiden Klein as a defensive back. So um, really well represented there. And then also on the All-Valley team was uh, Kelvin Newbecker at running back, um, Cal Kowalik on the offensive line, Caden Banaski in the defensive backfield. Um, you got me on the spot here. Yeah, I definitely threw you right on yep, the spot yep, for yep. this one. Uh, yeah. uh, Grant Stahl on the defensive line. And um, I know I'm missing one more running back, wide receiver. Oh, Blake Moore oh, as a linebacker. All right. Nice. Yep. All yep. Right. So that and then then uh, and then um, Logan Zenneberg was also honorable mention, and uh, so was Tyler Hutchins as a kicker. So all right. Yeah. And uh, Scooter Polk was the co MVP. Just just kind of talk about him for a bit. What he's meant to the team this season. Well, if you watch this play, you know he does everything. I mean, he can and he can do anything. He can play quarterback. He can play receiver, DB, running back if we needed him to. Kick, returns kicks, return punts. That's that. In my definition, that's what a player of the year is, right? Like a lot of times you'll see sometimes it's maybe a running back who has 2,000 yards but doesn't do anything else or a quarterback, which that's fine. But, you know, I've made that argument. Those means that the player of the year should be the guy that doesn't leave the field, does everything, can do this, this, that. And, and that's kind of what Scooter's the definition of. And um, he's obviously been a big and, – and throughout the years, guys like Max have been hurt or, you know, Aiden was out. or what, When we were up and down and different things, Scooter was our constant – that we could go to, and, and I think that speaks highly of him to him as well. Yep, yep. And I'm going to give a little preface here. You and I could talk about Mr. Barotichuk here as well, I'm sure. But he's going to be a senior next year. We'll talk about him plenty next year. So, Logan, you, you know, you can, you can wait your turn, I guess I'll even say. 
Um, yeah, the MVP. And the, the one thing I continue to think about him is he's so electric when he gets the football in his hands. I don't think he gets enough credit on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go back to that Midland-Dow game. I, and it's going to blank me who their leading receiver was coming into that game. But as well as you looked at the numbers, and it looked like two years worth of receiving for high school football. And he didn't really do a whole lot. They didn't really try to go to him a whole lot. How, how good of a defensive back is he? Well, that's the thing. People don't know he's a good defensive back except for all the coaches in the league who watch our film. That's why he, that's why he doesn't have the stats. I don't even know if he has one interception in the year because nobody throws at him. They just well, don't. The, the end of the game uh, against Linden, yeah, I believe. Yeah, that, was, know, that, I think, that yeah. might have been it. But, yeah, because yep. that was the only time they probably dared throw to yeah. him, but you had to at that yeah, point. Yeah, and I mean, you're, you're right. The Dow's first-team all-conference receiver who just had video game-like statistics, like you said, Nothing. He had hardly anything in our game. And And there there was a couple times, too, that he went in motion and, and Scooter followed him. That's something, you know, for people that aren't from, you know, you watch the NFL all the time. You will have a cornerback get on one. Re- it's something you don't do a lot in high school football, I feel like, to have a guy with that ability say, hey, this is your guy. Ten other guys, we can worry about them then. How, how important is that defensively? Yeah, it's nice. In fact, we were talking about film last night a little bit. I mean, it's nice to, when you're working on your defensive game plan throughout the week, you're kind of not, you're, you're, you're so focused on what you need to do in the other area because you feel comfortable there. And I've told Aiden, and, and Aiden could be... Oh, well, you know, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's kind of the, one of the reasons why I want to talk about it. He's the co-MVP, and I think everybody think about him, you know, as a receiver. You talked about a guy who doesn't leave the field. They said Aiden was the first-team defensive back. Could have been first-team wide right, receiver, yep. too, in his own right. And said, yep. hey, those two, I guess, let, let's, let's bring it into that. You got yeah, that. I mean, and, and Aiden would be your number one corner most years, right? Yep. Like, And so... Um, it's nice to know we can kind of count on those guys to do their thing out there. Um, they, they've, they're both two-year starters. Actually, Scooter's basically a three-year starter. So they understand our coverages and all that stuff, and we can focus on the other details that hopefully help our younger guys um, stop the teams we're playing. Yeah, and I, yeah, I was joking with you and him that we had the Aiden Klein game a couple weeks ago, and I said on the air when it was drawn towards the end with Coach Wheaton this past Friday, it was the night of Newbecker. Uh, buck 70-plus, four touchdowns on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't even have a question. Just, just go, Caleb Newbecker. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. I mean, Caleb's very shifty. His vision's getting better, and the thing he's done that we've challenged him is he's now trusting the speed and intensity you have to hit a hole with, right? Like, like because of his quickness, he started the year. About that every Friday night, yeah. you got to hit that hole, and it's it's a it's a scary thing to do. Yep, Let's yep, be real. Yep, yep. You got to trust the blocking scheme. Yep. And and he had to learn that. So start of the year, he's so shifty. He wanted to start that way, get the ball and start the shiftiness. Now he's in there, then he does his thing, and um, it's been been a big improvement for him. So, you know, like I say, Max going down was a big problem for our team for sure and the limited role he could do for us offensively. But look at, in the, in the end, what it did for Caleb in our future, and now – we probably got them both going, and things could be a lot better for us. So, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, Dewitt's going to know about number ten, but the thing that I keep, you know, wondering in the back of my mind is you know, a little bit further. Some of those teams might not know about that number ten and what he can really do over there because if they're only watching film from this year, having said the first week in the Midland game, the only you know times Mister Legit, as Brett Heibel calls him, was at his full powers to talk about him like a superhero or whatever. But uh, he said, yeah, that that's something in the back of your mind, kind of make you smile a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't matter whether they know him or not. Just knowing maybe Max's back makes me smile. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure. I mean, for sure. for sure. I mean, he's a special player, no doubt. And and I'm just so proud of him as a football player and a leader. He is by far the heart and soul of our team. And, and 
the way he's continued to grind and fight and lead us and do whatever it took with what he could during the season has been a huge difference in our success. And one of the things you and I talk about all the time, multi-sport athletes, he is somebody committed to play baseball in Louisville, and if you don't know how good they are, Louisville Slugger, just just, 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 think, just put that into <laughs> yeah. perspective. It's a pretty great baseball school. Could have been very easy for him. Broke collarbone last year to, to say, you know what, Coach? I'm sorry, yep. but I'm not going to – but he's here with his team, his fa- you know, his friends, his family. I just – and that's what's so special about high school football. Coach Wheaton and I were talking about it on Friday that, you know, when it comes to – you and I could get a group of guys to go play some pickup basketball, probably no problem. I don't know how long I would last. We could – we could go play in a softball league this summer. We, we, you know, we can we can do that, which is not baseball, but we could, actually we could find a baseball league about, around yep. here too. Let's be real. But football, this is it. You know yep. what I mean for so many of these guys, and that's why I think it's so important, in particular when you get to the playoff level. And kind of bring me into my next question here: thirty-six zero victory on Friday. But I feel like for a playoff game, it actually like lacked lacked some intensity out there, and I think some of that was over on the other side. I don't know if you know, but Gaylord had five, just five seniors on that entire team. And that's, did you notice a lack of urgency from them? You know, it was 16-0 in the third quarter. They tried kicking a field goal. They ran it on a fourth down and long. I was really surprised. Did it seem like at some point that they were just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hard to get in their mindset. You know, you're, you know, you're playing the number one seed and you've got a couple guys banged up and, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to say. They did have some guys banged up, though. Yep, yep. Right, that does make a little yep, bit more number sense. Number 11 didn't yeah. play, and he was their starting tailback. I mean, so you wonder a little bit. But, um, yeah, and a part of it's just their style play. I mean, they're just a grinded-out, old-school type of team, so they kind of like that lack of energy kind of just a grinded-out mentality. That's the way they play defense. That's the way they play offense. All their games are kind of low-scoring, um, you know, old-fashioned type football, and you could see that starting to happen a little bit in the early stages. They had some success with some of the stuff they are doing, and once we kind of – got ahead of them they're not a comeback from behind type team and that that made a difference too yeah that's why I was I believe it was 16-0 and they tried kicking a field goal in the third quarter I kept thinking to myself that if they got into the end zone you know and you talked the game plan where coach Wheaton a few times was just kind of like we just laughed at Chuckle he says well they are really committed to running the football yeah you know like I said if you got some guys out though sometimes all you can really do is that basic stuff well what stuck out to you last Friday um a playoff game and and uh, you, you know it like you said, and it didn't have that energy because it was kind of like business for our guys. Like they knew it was play well, win, or go home, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't like we we're playing for the league championship or doing anything. Like this is something to get us to the next step, right? And so um, now we're at the next step. And so uh, I was just I was pleased with like guys like Caleb who stepped up and and Griff Phillips made a huge catch for us. You know when, yes, when Aiden did. went down yeah. and um and just you know things like that. Um, and so, but we did enough things the first half that we, if we do this week, we won't win. I mean, we we're, we got to play. We got to clean some things up. Yeah, but now I, I don't want to do this. I might make you cringe here a little bit, but I don't know what it was about the, you know, the, the going down the middle, the the, the uh, pass from the fullback was just wide open a few times, and just I don't know what it was, just some butterfingers going on there. But I got to ask you about that. What what was going on there? Just like the football got a little slippery when it was going to the seam route. Yeah, we had a couple drops, um, you know, and and you know, one sure-handed guy who's caught a ton of balls, and you know, that that's the thing I told about the playoff games, especially this week, is like it's going to come down to competitors versus competitors and making plays. And, and we, did, we had some chances that night, like I said, and we didn't. If we don't make those plays this week, we'll, we won't win. Yep. And uh, talk about one more player here before we get into this week. As the year has gone on, uh, Castellan defensively, he's becoming more and more and more of a factor. And I believe Coach Wheaton said he was a guy who was 
I don't I think he was a little banged up, didn't know if he was going to be able to come out this year, and then decided, man, I got to do this, and he's paying some big dividends for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. He continued to get better. I, exactly right. I mean, you know, he came out in the summer, then kind of was like, gosh, man, I had this injury. I don't know. Kind of bought some time, then decided to do it again, and we made him sit a little bit and get back in, in shape and joined us, you know, a couple games in. Um and he's just continued now to get better. Didn't know where he'd fit in for us. He's been a linebacker traditionally, so we started him in some other places. And once we got him going at linebacker, now he's seeing things and he's fitting gaps the right spot. And, yeah, he, he's certainly gotten better each week. And he's such a competitive kid. It's, it's been a real joy to have him, and he's certainly helped us. Yeah, and Friday we're going to be here uh, with the DeWitt game. I guess you're the AD. Do I got a thumbs up from you to be here Friday? Right, yeah, we sure do. And uh, going to be doing tons of updates from Beal as well. At this point, it's, it's you guys. It's Beal. Maybe a little bit of Breckenridge Merrill that will be watching there. But I'm going to have the Beal game up on the NFHS. Rick Smith's going to be updating me. And I had a friend wondering, well, he said, well, you got a 10-0 and versus a 9-1 and team. DeWitt's 7-3. and And I says, well, sit down for a second. Let me tell you a little bit about their schedule because – when I look at their three losses, I don't know if you can have three better losses and break it down for people. They lost 56-49 to 49 to Grand Ledge, still playing in the Division I playoffs. They lost 36-30 to 30 to East Lansing, still playing in the Division II playoffs. And then they lost in overtime, and I believe it was at Detroit Catholic Central. And if you don't know about the history of their program, go to michigan-football.com, Detroit Catholic Central, and you'll see some, some pretty amazing things there. All one-score losses. All the teams that are still playing, they lost some dudes last year. I believe they lost a wide receiver to Wisconsin. Their safety quarterbacks at BYU. This is a powerhouse of a program. And so people wonder why I'm doing this is why this is going to be an amazing game Friday night, one of the biggest in the state, despite it being, you know, Division Three. I'll say. Yeah, they were six inches away from beating Detroit King in the state championship last year. Won the state championship the year before. Probably been in the semifinals every year before that for like, I mean, literally probably the most consistent successful football program in Division Three. And you're talking about Muskegon and River Rouge and things like that, but really DeWitt's probably been the most consistent successful program over the last 15 to 20 years. Yep, you are right. I would say the Muskegon, you know, River Rouge, Detroit, Martin Luther King, they've had the, the guys that have gone on to play at the next levels that have made some names for themselves. But like you said, when you go, michigan-football.com does a great job of every score from every team from back to the 1950s. And it's, it's fun to go look at, in particular, you guys, Beale City, man, you go look, you're impressed. There's a lot of runs there. But when you go to that DeWitt page, it just is kind of one of those, woo. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think we have a pretty successful program here, and I don't think there's a lot of teams we're 0-3 against in the last, you know, 15 years or whatever, and they're one of them. So, I mean, yeah, this is a huge challenge for us. Um, throw that record away because you that, said you're talking Detroit Catholic yes. Central, you're talking East Lansing, you're talking and, uh, and one-score games. And the, here's the thing when you look at their schedule this year, no one has stopped them. No right? one. No one. Yeah, like I said, the Grand Ledge. 36 40. 30, 49, 56. And then said in overtime, I believe it was 46 39 like that to Detroit Catholic Central. Like I said, it's, they're going to run the football on you guys. Yep. They run the ball, which is unfortunately kind of been a, a weakness for us this year. It's not a perfect, it's not a real good matchup for us, to be honest with you, on, on paper. So um, we've got to play our best football. We've got to trust all the stuff and the preparation we're going to put in this week. Um, we've got to play with a ton of energy, and we've got to make plays. And, um, and we got to understand they're going to make plays. And that's playoff football. And, and if you were at a game last year, I thought we did a great job understanding that last year, back and forth, back and forth. And then they got away from us, right? And um, we've been in plenty of games in the years we've made the runs. We've been behind. And you got to come back. And it's, it's going to be like watching a college football game on Saturday or watching an NFL game on Sunday. It's, it's two evenly matched teams that somebody's going to make more plays than the other.
Yep, and uh, what do you remember from last year's game? And one big thing, it was at DeWitt. I'm going to talk about that a couple more times. Yeah, um, probably one of the most proud times I've had of a team in a loss. Um, we were completely overmatched by an incredible football team. Um, we had a good game plan. We executed pretty well. We made a couple tiny mistakes that made a big difference. But, um, man, did we battle. We pulled rabbits out of our hat. Guys made plays, like I said. I remember Aiden Scooter. Um, you know, Corey, Ryan, they were all making plays. Um, and, uh, you know, we just ran out of gas when Max got hurt, that hurt. Um, and that's the one thing I wanted to bring up, too. And, yeah. you know, in your coach's opinion, you know, Bubba's kind of talked to me a few times that he really wonders if Max doesn't go down, kind of what if. Do you kind of have that in the back of your mind? I mean, that's for those guys to talk about and say at weddings 10 years right. from yeah. now and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, right. yeah. I, did, I went eight and won my senior year, didn't make the playoffs. We would have won a state championship, I guarantee. Darn so, right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, that's what I was going to talk about, and that's cool. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I was just super proud of our guys. Um, we had to kick two field goals. If those are touchdowns, we're ahead. I mean, so, yeah, I don't think our guys, the nice thing, you know, I go back to our runs in the, in the mid, you know, right around 2009, 10, 11, all that. Um, we were faced East Grand Rapids almost every year when they were the five-time defending state champs. Um, in 2010, we played them in the semis, and it was that kind of game. We were with them. You know, no one had any, like, this is East Grand Rapids. They've won four straight state champions. And they pulled away from us, right? And But the next year, our kids were like, the name doesn't scare us now because we played with them. You know, I, I don't think there's any kids in the locker room that are going, you know, okay, it's DeWitt, man. Well, well I'll play hard, but I'll, I'll, I'll get my plans ready for next week after school. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are, know what they did last year and what they're capable of. And I, I think that part won't affect us, yeah, that it's DeWitt. And like I said, one thing we can think them last year, like I said they had a wide receiver that's at Wisconsin now. I believe they believe he's a defensive back, but their quarterback is at BYU now. The unbelievable athletes. They've still got a ton of dudes there, but there is more kind of a guy, one guy that they focus on. I believe that their leading rusher is also their leading wide receiver. He's played some at quarterback as well, Kearns or something like that. I believe is his. They name. they uh, they play three different kids at quarterback. Um, they they run a 1945 offense most of the time, which is the single wing with guys spinning, moving, going all different directions. That's what makes them so difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, what they are now is a traditional do-it team, like just solid 11 kids everywhere doing everything right, playing really hard. They're not that do-it team with three Division One kids, and you're going, all right, well, that's why they were six inches away from beating Detroit King in the state championship, right? So, um, yeah, I mean uh, – it is what it is. We're going to go get him. And if people wonder about Detroit King, if you go look at the top recruits in the nation, Arch Manning is, you know, he's got the big name. He's the number one guy. But right behind him, committed to Oregon, is the quarterback at Detroit Martin Luther yeah. King. And I believe he's the only guy in Michigan in the top 100 recruiting. But it, if, for a guy quarterback in Michigan to be ranked that high, he's, he's got to be pretty darn special. And hopefully, fingers crossed, you know what I mean, maybe, maybe get your shot at him. But uh, offensively, like I said, they're going to run the ball against you guys. I don't got to, you know, look at you and BS you. I know you're going to have a good game plan. And the one thing that I'm going to bring up, Friday night, you guys have had some some wonderful crowds. And I, I did the same thing with Coach Gross. I was saying out there in Beale City, I know you've been to some games, got everybody along the walkway that's kind of – they all need to be up against the fence. They all need to be making some noise. And obviously I'll toot my horn here again. If you can't make it to the game, make sure you turn in, tune in, Buck 92, or listen at the game. But – if there's ever a night for there to be a monster crowd to give a team a few false starts, I said it with Coach Gross, four or five false starts from the crowd, how much of a difference could that make, Coach? Oh, yeah. I mean, if we can keep it close, right, against these guys and, and be in it at the end and have a lot of energy in our stadium, that would make a big difference. So, yeah, it's uh, one thing I know about Friday night 
is if you're from Mount Pleasant, whatever happens, you're going to be proud of your team. We're going to come out and play really hard and be prepared, and, and uh, we're going to – we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be ready. Yep, and well with the offense what they run, we said that timing is everything. If there is a loud crowd there, if they can get that offensive line a little herky jerky, a few false starts here and there, like I said, that this is one of those games I feel like that can make a big difference. You know, they're one of those teams they want to stay ahead of the chains all the time. Correct? You get them yep. into a first and fifteen, that's where you can take advantage of the offense they run. Obviously they can throw it too, yep, but yep. yep. So people come on out Friday, get there. Be loud, support the Oilers, support the Aggies, and we'll be back with you next week on Spock Sports Show. We're running down everything coming up in the next week. Also talking some more high school basketball. I think December 6th will be our first game as Mount Pleasant hosts Midland. Should be a great time. Spock Sports Show signed off. Thanks so much, Coach Mack. Thank you. Another big, big thank you to Coach McIntyre. As I said, be back with you next week. Spock Sports Show on Buck 92 and wherever you get your podcasts and at MyMichiganPodcast.com presented by the Barberry Law Firm.